We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 207. Over the last five years, I would say, there has been an increase in emphasis on equestrian fitness within our industry. If you follow me over at My Equestrian Style, you know that I'm a gym junkie. I love to go to the gym almost every day, and I have been for probably over five years now. I've noticed a huge difference in my physique, but also my riding ability, I feel like has become a lot more consistent and balanced. And I feel like what I know I need to do in order to be effective can be executed so much more efficiently and easily. One of my most frequently asked questions is uh, what kind of routine do I follow if there's, you know, certain plans or things that I do. And I don't follow a plan. I do my own thing, um, but I try to stay consistent and overall have a couple kind of key things that I try to stick to. So I thought I would share that with you today. First of all, always have to disclaim, I am not a fitness trainer. I was a spin instructor in college. Definitely let that expire. I would love to teach spin again. It was so much fun, but I am not a professional in this area. This is just what I have found works for me. I get a lot of my information on YouTube and Instagram from certified fitness people, but I am by no means telling you that what I do is what you should do. So obviously draw your own conclusions, but since I get asked what I do in the gym and what I do for my eating plan... I thought I would share it. So my goals are usually both performance related and physique related. I'm just going to put it out there. I do in fact work out to look a certain way. I don't think that's a bad thing. I know that there's a lot of um, kind of stigma around working out to you know, feel good and all of that, which I do agree with. I think the endorphins play like a big role in my overall happiness and health, but I do lift weights and I do work out to accomplish a specific physique. I feel like I'm usually always going for kind of a lean muscle look, but there are lots of different ways to acquire that. And I'm going to go through a couple of them. I have tried both the different you know ways that I'm about to explain. It just kind of has a different route uh, to get to that same goal. So the first way is kind of the long, the long con, I would say, the long plan of doing consistent work for a very long period of time. And that would be to lift heavy in the gym, lift heavy weights, and to be on a very slight calorie deficit for a long period of time. And that is great because I think that that kind of balances your overall routine and your plan, and it doesn't make a huge difference in your overall lifestyle. I think that finding ways to keep a somewhat consistent lifestyle that is sustainable is really important because the other way, and let me tell you, I have done this twice now. I'm currently in it right now, my second time, and I think, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing it. 
But I, I tell myself every year that I'm going to be done doing it, and then here I am a second year. But what I have been doing is going on an active calorie surplus, which I have never actively tried to gain weight before, and it is a little bit scary. Especially, I feel like, in our sport, uh, the overall body type tends to be the long and lean to have like gaining weight first of all but then also lifting heavy grows that muscle and the overall look at that point in my plan is just a little bit you know bigger everywhere and um, that's not exactly the ideal physique I feel like people look to when they think of you know the ideal equestrian body but I really enjoy it. I, besides just kind of getting over the fact that, you know, you're seeing the number on the scale go up. The really fun part is that when I am eating on a slight calorie surplus, so, you know, actively gaining a little bit of weight, I can lift so much heavier. I feel like superwoman. It's amazing in the gym. Um, but that extra energy that I'm getting from my food allows me to lift heavier. So I basically go for a little period of time where I am actively gaining a little bit of weight every week while lifting really heavy, which is allowing my body to kind of the perfect storm to be able to grow a lot of muscle. So I do that for a bit until I feel like I have acquired as much muscle as I would like to, or maybe just a touch more, because then I start my cut. So I was just doing a bulk phase, and now I am starting a cutting phase. And this would be you know, essentially the opposite. So I go on a slight calorie deficit while still trying to lift as heavy as possible. Obviously, a lot of my energy came from the food that I was taking in, so as I start going down in my overall calorie intake, it becomes harder and harder for me to maintain the heavy weight that I was lifting. But essentially, the reason that I choose to do lifting heavy weights over doing lots of cardio is because it gives you a different physique. If you are lifting weights, you are building muscle or you're building tone, depending on how much food you're eating. And cardio, you are basically you know, increasing your cardiovascular endurance and you are not necessarily building muscle, you're burning fat, which is great. But when you are doing cardio exercise, you are only burning calories for the duration of the exercise itself. When you are lifting weights, you are actually burning calories for a longer period of time. You're burning calories for the workout itself, but then as the muscle essentially has small tears from lifting heavy, you know, maybe you lift or do a, do a workout for the first time in a while and the next couple days you're like so sore, it like hurts to walk. Well, your muscles have undergone like very slight tears and your body is taking time to rebuild those muscles. And what happens is the muscles then grow from that. But that rebuilding is also burning calories. So your one lift and your one run are going to, you know, while maybe you see, oh, I ran five miles, I burned 500 calories, that's amazing. And then you do a lift and you're like, oh man, I worked out for an hour and I only burned 300 calories. You really are continuing to burn for the next several hours. So 
very fun, interesting fact that I feel like not a lot of people, or maybe people know, but it's just kind of hard to wrap your mind around because it doesn't seem like, you know, sometimes you lift and you don't break like a massive sweat like you would going on a five mile run, but it's crazy what the body is doing and what it requires to repair those muscles. Basically, the reason to do this bulk and then cut is to gain as much muscle as possible during the bulk, and obviously with that you gain a little bit of fat, but then as you cut, you're supposed to do a very slight calorie deficit, so I usually only do a deficit that is enough to lose maybe a half a pound to a pound a week, but as close to a half a pound as you can, because what you want to do is have it so slight that you are hopefully just losing fat and not losing your muscle. So if you try to, if you do a bulk and then try to cut really hard and maybe you're you know, losing two plus pounds a week, what I've heard and what studies have shown is that you tend to lose some of that muscle along with the fat. So Basically, you're trying to cut away the extra fat that you gain during your bulk while maintaining the muscle that you gain during the bulk, leaving you with a nice, lean, toned physique. So that's what I try to go for, and it is a little bit of a process and a little bit of a mind you know, mess up sometimes because your body's changing a little bit um, during that bulk and then during that cut. But I do think it is fun and, and really cool to see how your body can kind of change based on, you know, consistent work that you put in. So that's super fun. So I think that kind of depending on what your lifestyle is and what you're looking to accomplish, if you have a specific goal or date in mind, all that comes into play for what you're looking to do for your fitness routine. So overall, I find that it works the best for me to lift heavy. I try to, I've read before that for women, it is better for your overall muscle tone and growth to do over three sets of exercises. So usually kind of like the rule of thumb is three sets of 10 or three sets of 12 or whatever for each exercise. But for women, I've heard if you can do four to even six sets of an exercise, it really helps build that muscle. So I usually do about four sets of exercises and I divide my days in different body groups. And most people do this kind of based on the areas that they want to really focus on and um, kind of build out their week from there. So for me, I have the physique where I tend to be a little bit more lean on the upper half of my body through my collarbones and my arms and my abs um, tend to stay a little bit on the leaner side or when I do lose weight, I lose weight up the top half of my body. Um, my lower half of my body tends to collect more of my weight or maybe kind of stubborn weight that I lose at the very end of, let's say, a cut phase. And it is a lot easier for my body to grow muscle in my legs and my glutes. I have uh, found it a, like really fun to lift legs and glutes, so I do actually focus on them quite a bit. I just think they're super fun to lift, and I feel like you see a big change. It's also good if you are looking to lose a significant amount of body fat. It's always super important for you to lift really large muscle groups to kind of get that long-term calorie burn from repairing those muscles. So a lot of people would suggest you do have a lot of like back days or leg days because those are obviously large muscle groups for your body. 
So a normal week for me would usually be on Mondays, I do hamstrings and glutes. On Tuesdays, I do an upper body, so usually like back and biceps. Wednesday, I do quads and glutes. Thursday, I would do another upper body, so that would be like triceps and shoulders. And then Friday, it all depends on how sore I am from my previous two leg days. If I feel like I can take it, I will do another hamstring glute day. But if I am just super sore, I'll usually do like a full body day. And then Saturday, kind of, again, just play it by ear based on what I kind of want to target for that week, what I know I need to avoid because I'm still really sore, and then just go from there. And then usually Sunday, I rest. If you've been riding for a bit, chances are you have the blisters, saddle sores, and rubs on your feet and your heels to prove it. So Dreamers and Schemers has amazing boot socks that are not only super cute, but they have a lightly padded and moisture wicking footbed and flat seam toe to really protect those problem areas. But not only are Dreamers and Schemers socks a great way to express yourself in a subtle way, but they also have an amazing feature and that is the black cuff at the top of the sock to prevent any pattern peekaboo in the ring. The super fun colors and amazing quality also extends to the other Dreamers and Schemers products, and those are the main Jane leather belts and leather spur straps. They literally carry any color and texture leather you can possibly think of with amazing reversible belts, I love the main Jane belts, and really heavy duty and fashionable spur straps. So to find out more information, head over to their website at dreamersandschemers.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-E-R-S n-s-c-h-e-m-e-r-s dot com. Thank you so much, dreamers and schemers. All right, let's head back to the episode. I also find it really important to incorporate some equestrian-specific movements and muscle groups that really kind of target the overall strength and uh, system balance and coordination to be able to ride better. So for my leg days, I really like to focus on different movements that would help incorporate strength in the saddle where I can really feel like I can wrap my legs around the horse's sides to stay connected and strong and still through my seat and my legs. For strength training in the lower body, I really love squats and I love deadlifts. I think that really helps overall strength. And I feel like when I am doing those consistently, I feel more still in the saddle. I feel like I can really wrap my legs around my horse's sides and stay kind of glued into the saddle. I also like to mix it up and not lift super heavy all the time, but put on a little bit lighter weight and do some exercises that incorporate a little bit of balance. And what I basically do is when I lift lighter, I add more reps. So maybe I'll do 15 to even 20 reps on that lower weight. I love single leg kickbacks on a pulley system where I am balancing on one leg, which is pretty much straight and I have a little ankle wrap around my ankle and I'm standing pretty upright. I try to just hold on with one hand and put the other hand on my waist and essentially put the weight pretty light, maybe no more than 20, 25 pounds and do a kickback either on the side and kind of hit my hip or do straight back and get my hamstrings and glutes. But I feel like also incorporating that balance really helps. I also love to 
use the weight and hold my position at the top and then just balance there because I feel like that static balance also really helps overall coordination. While I don't do a lot of exercise or I don't have a specific day dedicated to abs, I feel like core is really important when it comes to riding. A lot of my lower body exercises are really good for core, like squats and deadlifts and hip thrusts, but I also do a lot of back, which I feel like is really important. And obviously, as we know, core is not just abs, it is also your back. But I also have a lot of upper body exercises that I feel like simulate what it is like to ride and kind of finding that strength through your entire arm and your back. I think the row machine is amazing. I think it really kind of feels like you are in the saddle connecting through the horse's mouth and it allows you to really, you really incorporate your back. And I feel like you know, a lot of riding has to do with muscle memory. So doing something also off the horse in the gym, like the row machine, you are sitting on a bench and essentially pulling back on what was essentially like reins, but it's weighted and being able to do that motion and use your arms and back instead of maybe, I don't know, I know I've been here before, but when you are holding the reins and just try to find strength through, you know, the, the bottom half of your arm, like your fingertips to your forearm and elbow and not your entire arm and back, or maybe some of us are wrist riders where we find a lot of our balance and connection through kind of constantly moving our wrists around. But really the most effective way to ride is to use your full arm and your full back. That's where you're going to find the most strength. So doing things like rows and lat pulldowns and assisted pull-ups are going to be really helpful to start engaging and strengthening your back. It also helps your posture, which we know is a big part of riding because not only is there the classical element of the equitation of how you should ride and how your position should be, but it also is a big part of balance in the saddle. So that's how I like to set up my weeks. I like to you know, focus on specific muscle groups and work them more often or as long as I'm not too sore. And a huge, huge part of it is consistency. So finding a plan that you like and sticking to it. I feel like that is sometimes the biggest struggle. Maybe you try something out for a week or two and it's too hard or you don't like it or you don't see a difference and you give up. And that is the one of the biggest mistakes you can make. Someone told me it takes four weeks for you to notice any change, like four consistent weeks of trying something new. It takes eight weeks for maybe your friends or family to notice, 12 weeks for the rest of the world to notice a change. So I feel like you have to give yourself at least four weeks, I would even say eight weeks, to try something new. And maybe you give it eight weeks and you say, you know what, this didn't work for me then fine. You tried it and you gave it like an honest go, but you have to take the time to really see if that makes a change. So I think that that has been the biggest thing for me. I've been doing this now for several years and sure, like I have not been consistent at times. I, you know, go on vacation or I, you know, take some time away from the gym sometimes, or I also really love pure bar. I've really gotten into that for the past two years. And so I sometimes like to mix it up and, and do that, which is, 
you know, mostly body weight, very little weight. I think the biggest weights they have in there are like three or five pounds. And so it just is a different type of workout, but I really have enjoyed it. And I find that the um, mobility and the emphasis on flexibility and balance is super good for riding. I think, I feel like bar and Pilates um, and yoga are very helpful for riding. But at the end of the day, if you don't have consistency, you are not going to get to where you want to go. And that goes for anything. That goes for riding. That goes for life, work, relationships. It also goes for the gym time. And I really do believe that whole idea of like four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, you have to give it the time to really notice a change. Well, I hope that was helpful. That is just a small part of my overall health. As I've always heard, your overall physique or your look is 20% gym, 80% food. So if you must know what I like to do in the kitchen, I am happy to make that into another episode, but that is a huge part of accomplishing your goals and knowing how much to eat, you know, how much would be a calorie surplus, how much would be a slight calorie deficit. If you want to lose X amount of weight, how to do it, how to calculate it. Uh, I could talk for hours about macros. I am really, really into macros and counting my protein. I think that having enough protein with a weight lifting routine is absolutely critical. And so there is so much of your overall physique and health and nutrition that goes into food. So that is definitely another episode, but I could talk about that all day long. I could also talk about sleep and water and all of that good stuff. But again, I feel like if you you know, want to get a good start. I mean, it's still only February. It's pretty much beginning of the year. That's what I keep trying to tell myself. I'm actually, when this episode goes live, I am starting a new little challenge for myself. My husband, Ethan, and I are doing it together. It's 75 hard. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have never done it before, but I am down to give it a go. And it is basically 75 days and you have to kind of do this little checklist every day. It is um, essentially follow a diet, so a specific diet. I have a certain amount of overall calories I can eat in a day with um, 100 grams of protein. So I also like loosely count my macros, but most specifically my protein. I don't do as much with fat and carbs right now. So follow a diet. You have to do two 45-minute workouts. So maybe gym and then maybe bar or maybe gym and then I go on a little like walk or run or whatever, but two 45-minute workouts, no alcohol or cheat meals. That is going to probably be my hardest part. I love a good cheat meal, so that is going to be a struggle. And you have to take a daily progress picture, so I might be documenting and maybe turn it into a fun reel at the end. We'll see how we'll see how good my results are. Drink a gallon of water. Another arguably the hardest thing on this list. That's like the little one that I feel like is the silent <laughs> the silent killer of not, you know, successfully making it through the 75 days. A gallon every day is freaking difficult. It is so hard to do. I feel like the the big thing with, you know, conquering a gallon in a day is drinking at least half of that before noon. For me, I find that that's super helpful. One, because you are peeing every 10 minutes. And two, it just, I feel like 
as the day goes on and it gets later and later in the day, I just lose motivation to keep drinking. But I try to get a lot of my water completed, you know, my water goal during my workouts because I feel like I naturally drink quite a bit. So I bring my big water and I try to drink as much as I can during my workouts when I'm thirsty and and need that break. And then 10 pages of reading. So, you know, you can do any type of book or I'm probably going to read the Bible or my Bible study books, something to educate yourself, have quiet time, be able to continue to learn and grow. So 10 pages of reading a day for 75 days. So I feel like it's kind of like an overall health goal, but 75 days is kind of a long time, but I'm going to give it a go. I I mean, it'll be day one when this episode comes out. So wish me luck. And if any of you want to jump on, I'd love to have you. I need the I need the um, support and the accountability. So Ethan and I are going to start that off. We'll see how it goes, but a lot of it will be done in the gym with two workouts a day. So might see a lot of gym selfies. So get ready for that. But I hope you enjoyed. I hope you found this helpful. If you want more specifics on the exact exercises I do or what I like to do for the amount of weight or reps or sets. Um, how I like to split my weeks. I am so happy to help you. Just reach out and tell me kind of what you're looking to do and I can do my best to put something together for you. Again, I'm not a professional. I haven't been doing this in you know a professional sense before. I've just been doing it for a few years and I found what works and I found what areas to really target as an equestrian. So happy to help. Until next time, my name is Bethany Lee. This is the Equestrian Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much and I will talk to you next week.